Hello guys, editing Paul here. Just a quick word before the show starts. You're gonna hear me saying things like, like, basically, actually, a lot in this episode. I had slipping issues in the last few days and I wasn't able to rest correctly. So that's why I might sound a little bit tired. But at the same time, we had an absolute spike of our audience on last Monday, and I really wanted to thank you all for that. Uh, the show is growing, and I can't be more grateful. So yeah, uh, this being said, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show, and promise we'll do better. I'll do better next week. See you guys. Have a good show. Hi everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of the Slow Spin Society podcast. So it's me, Fabian, and as always with Paul. And today we'll be discussing a more, yeah, a, a, a different type of topic. So we'll be talking about bike infrastructure around the world, or just bike infrastructure in general. And although fixed gear, cycling fixed gear on the road has like this reputation of like, fuck the rules, you know, hotline, whatever. Bike infrastructure is still a big topic for most of us who aren't into into that type of cycling, I suppose, or at least not all the time. So yeah, we'll try to go into this and see what we can what we can uh, discuss today. Today is serious boy stuff. <laughs> Somewhat. And speaking of serious stuff, you can listen to us discussing about the really serious videos we watched recently about cycling, of course some of the differences between Paris and Tokyo, and more by listening to the extended cut of the podcast, the pre and after show. Uh, you can listen to the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast, but more about that later. Yes. So, Fabian, I let you introduce that quite complicated topic, but <laughs> we'll try to, to make it casual and simple. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, we're not we're not professional urban planners here or anything. We just ride bikes in the city. I play so. city skyline though, so I have quite a bit of experience. If you know what I mean. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen. I mean, just like yeah, I've seen people build entire cities, like recreate entire Paris or, or whatever in city skyline, and that's a yeah, crazy game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think in the game you can also build uh, bike lanes and shit like that. You can. That's you cool can well. actually. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to talk about, like I said, cycling infrastructure and to keep it brief, what is cycling infrastructure? Well, this refers to like all parts of public infrastructure that is used specific or developed specifically for cyclists. So this can be like a bike lane on the road or, or bike racks or bike parking and underneath a, a shade or, you know, stuff like that. So there's some cities in, in Canada or the US, I believe that even have like public uh like tool stands where they, you can have like a pump and everything for bikes so that would be a piece of bike infrastructure mm, yeah. um so yeah this refers to everything for cyclists except you know like a highway for example that's only for cars and trucks that's not part of bike infrastructure i mean for some at least i've yeah. seen some videos where people cycle like that but, <laughs> like lucas brunel or something but 
people don't for, cycle on the highway please don't do it <laughs> for the average for the average person like me who who you know just cycles in the city and wants to be safe this is what we're talking about yeah uh let's start with the the obvious one which is bike lanes so either it's like an actual bike lane that is separate from the road so it's like an independent little road with just dedicated for bikes right yeah or it is a part of the road that has been cut down and is only for bike too but it usually result in some lot of people parking on that lane or doing stuff on that lane they shouldn't do yeah so like the the first option that Paul mentioned to so the completely independent lane that's like physically separate from the road that's that's like the safest option because the car like the car will not be there unless it really wants to be there you know which it it, it shouldn't be but uh, that's the safest option then but that's also i guess the most expensive and it needs the most changes in city infrastructure and everything to accomplish so what lots of cities do is they just paint a bike lane on the road with a different colored paint and then that should be it but that doesn't stop most people from just parking there or like parking their van and unloading stuff so they If you watch Terry Berenson on YouTube, he has a few videos where he he's like cycling on the, on the bike lane, but then there's always something in the way. So it's most of the time it's safer to just be on the road and take a full lane. Yeah. You are in the Netherlands and you guys have a lot of bike lanes. Yeah. So, I don't know how many bike lanes or how how much bike lane there is rather in in kilometers or miles or whatever, but basically everything there's a bike lane for everything like a separate one independent one and if not you can share with the road and then the drivers they they know because the drivers here they're also cyclists they're also cyclists in the end yeah. so they also just they're also careful of course and i feel like in some other countries it's more like if you're a driver you just drive if you're a cyclist you cycle but there's not really like a driver who cycles or i yeah. mean there's a cyclist who drives but not the other way around And that's why it's you know it's it's a bit different as well safety wise the people just i think there was in the in australia there was like a i don't know if we talked about this last week but anyway in in the, in australia there was like a survey and it was something like 50% of drivers do not see cyclists as humans or something crazy like that oh no what so that's that's fucking that's fucking scary <laughs> if you think about it okay yeah so that's scary It's just a way to like dehumanize cyclists. And then like if they're on the road, oh, I'll just go really close to him. Oh, I'll just bump him. You know, shit like that. Yeah. And that's dangerous. But yeah, so the most common piece of cycling infrastructure is then the bike lane. And that's what most of you would probably use as well, I suppose. And then there are smaller things like the the work stand, the public work stand with a pump and like an Allen key or something or bike parking. Yeah. But yeah. Coming back on bike lanes though, it's like, Probably some of you use it. Other people listening to the podcast probably absolutely refuse to use it. And you know what? I totally understand that. I'm going to take the example of Paris. We have some of the bike lanes that are stuck between a pretty high sidewalk. So you couldn't bunny up on it. Uh, and that's saying that a lot of people know how to bunny up. But it's really, really high, so you you can't do that. And on the other side, it's uh, cars parking alongside the road. 
So you stuck in, I would say, a pretty narrow lane because it's, you know, like the average size of a bike lane. And if something happened in front of you, and people go pretty fast uh, in there, if something happened in front of you, if you don't break in time, you're dead. You're part of that crash, 100%. And that happened to a few people I know cycling in the bike lane. Some, someone crashed or did something sketchy in front of them. And yeah, because everything happens so fast and they don't have any escape route because left and right are just blocked, they crash together. So, and now they're like, no, I'm not taking any more bike lane. For me, it's the road and the road only. Yeah, and that's something I think that's more fixed gear centric as well. Like if, I mean, not not to bring up the brake versus brakeless thing as well, but like at the same time, if... Cycling in bike lanes in the city are meant more for like commuters rather than people going 35 an hour. Yeah. I mean, not, not to blame your friends as well, but like they're, it, it's, it, they're not really the target audience either. So like, like Terry as well said, like for in New York, it makes more sense to ride uh, on, on the road. It's safer on the road than on a, on a bike lane that isn't developed properly. So like in Paris, if you have bike lanes that are not completely safe and it's just like 50 50 you might as well just take the road yeah the problem is like when you take the road and that happens to me every day when you don't take the road and there's a bike lane available people are just gonna yell at you out of their window honk you down like crazy because they're gonna say there's a bike lane just take the fucking bike lane and you're like no first i don't have to take the bike lane and second, it is just not safe for me for the speed I ride, you know? So sometimes you're like a little bit in between that you're faster than the average cyclist in the bike lane and you're slower than, of course, every car. So yeah, there is like a, there is still a spot and there is still a problem, I feel, for, for city infrastructures and especially bike lane and bike path. Yeah. So there's a lot that can still be done even in like Europe. So like if I was in the Netherlands, for example, it's great here. You can go fast. It doesn't matter. But then if I go to Germany, which is also Europe, it's, it's fucking like it's going back to medieval century. If I go to <laughs> Berlin or something with, with a bike, it's, it's fucking crazy. That's why. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm obviously spoiled, of course, being in the Netherlands and all. But that's why I'm also thinking... I, w- I would shit my pants in the US. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely shit my pants. But yeah. Um, but either way, bike lanes are not everything, of course. So like like you mentioned now as well, bike, bike infrastructure alone will not fix everything. It also depends on the drivers and then also on the cyclists and their style. There's only so much that can be done, right? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it is your responsibility as well as the people in cars around you that everything should go smooth and if possible, you don't take a hit. So, yeah, yeah because that's that's at the core of it. It's you want to be able to commute or just enjoy your ride and go from point A to point B without taking a hit. So... What are the solutions for that and what is the good behavior and things you shouldn't do? And 
I am pretty sure like there isn't a perfect answer because there is no. so many parameters. Yeah. So yeah, it all depends. And we will see later that it really varies from city to city. Yeah. And like in the end, if it's you on a bike with a helmet, maybe versus a three ton car, you'll always lose basically. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's no way you can win. And okay. And then, yeah. So uh, cycling on the road, there are all, there's also like some areas which are more dangerous than others. If you're cycling through a park, that's probably safer than if you're cycling to a four-way intersection or something. Uh, so at least at least in like in New York City, again to bring up this example, the city is structured in different blocks. So you have like I, I'm just saying random street names, but like 31st Street and blah blah 32nd Street. So it's all like like organized block by block so after each block there's an intersection four-way intersection right yeah and if you so yeah one thing you can do is you wait for your green light and then you cross and then you you're safe 99 percent of the time but then you're still at risk of course of like red light drivers and drunk drivers and shit like that and for that there isn't really something you can fix by having a bike lane that will just always be there yeah but in, at least in the Netherlands, you have there. There are not really that many intersections right now anymore because they're mostly being replaced by roundabouts. So mm. roundabouts, like they don't they don't have a traffic light. You just you go straight, then you turn around, and then you exit where you exit. So there's people just know how to use roundabouts. It seems common for us, but at the same time, it's not like a common thing in other countries. So people might be confused by it as well. Like yeah. oh, there's a no, there's no red light, green light. When do I know how to go, etc. But. Yeah, I think I've seen that video on Reddit. It was a guy taking his drone in, I think, I believe, Wisconsin. And <laughs> he was filming a roundabout that just been installed. And people were taking it like like hell, basically. <laughs> it's like people were taking it in the wrong way. So going left first. Like you only go one way in a roundabout. Yeah. Like, yeah. And people like taking it left and people just turning around multiple times because they didn't know how to get out or things like that. And yeah, I believe like some people just don't know how to use a roundabout. No. On the other side, a roundabout for a cyclist, it's not the safest option, I would say. Because I don't know, it happens so much when like Cars that arrive in a roundabout are used to the speed of another car being already in that roundabout. As a cyclist, you slower most of the time, or maybe you're just a fast boy, but I don't know. And so they're gonna they're gonna arrive and really like pull on the brakes at the last absolute second, and you're like, uh, should I stop? Should I not? I'm I'm in the middle of a roundabout. There's people behind me, but that person that is going to enter, is it going to enter before me, after me? I don't know. <laughs> so roundabouts, also a pretty touchy option. Yeah, like it, like it really depends on how you do it. But if you do it, for example, with like a bike, like a separate bike lane and then, because here they do it with separate bike lane and then at each like intersection, so each crossing of, of the roundabout, there's, a sign that says like the car is driving from the right they have to stop for the people crossing across so then every time you just you, you can just cycle around and each car has to stop for you mm. before and yeah i mean at the same time these people they got their driver's license learning all of this as well so they know how to do it but if they were to put it in a different country randomly suddenly and then 
yeah, people will be confused, of course, I think. And they won't know when to stop, who has the right of way, etc. So, like, yeah, so again, bike infrastructure depends as well on the infrastructure itself and the people driving and cycling to know how to use it properly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of, like, useless. Bike lanes and traffic and everything, it's always complicated like there's really there's no easy answer <laughs> for no. that i i wish there was though but yeah but i am also part of those people that you you know like if there were no traffic at all cycling in the city would just be not as fun you know okay yeah so like there's yeah so i can understand that as well and uh yeah, I mean, there's there's different types of cyclists, right? Yeah, the some of you guys mentioned last episode when we did the the this versus that that Fabian and I were so different, and that was making things interesting. Uh, I rode mainly in the city. I, I just love going outside and on adventures, but getting out of Paris is just an absolute pain. Um, so I ride mainly in the city. And Fabian, you ride more in nature, right? Yeah. Along the coast. Yeah. And um, pretty yeah. much only on bike lanes. <laughs> yeah. I, like, so the, the bike lane thing is really, I don't have it much of a choice. So it's either bike lane or highway. And I'd rather go bike lane <laughs> in that case. And yeah, if, I mean, in my case, in my city, if I cycle for 10, 15 minutes, I'm already out. But in Paris, I'm sure it's like an hour or something. Yeah, it's an hour and you always have to cross a sensitive part of the city, basically. When I go to the Netherlands, it's just so nice being having like bike lanes and you can just cycle and there's no problem. It's just so simple, right? Yeah. But you kind of lose that part, that excitement when you just are in the middle of a few cars. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that, that's of course where we differ as well, and yeah. in terms in terms of like cycling style. Because yeah, because I think in the last episode we also spoke about like solo rides versus the group rides, and I talked about how like I just like to ride to ride. Yeah, I just like 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 moving my legs and you know like sweating and shit like that. So, it, car or no car, it, it's for me it, it's the like the 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 focus doesn't change. Yeah, but yeah, you 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 live in Tokyo and Paris, so. You don't have much of a choice either, I suppose. It's best best to like it than in the end and not like it. Yeah. Well, uh, let, let's do it now, but I'm going to take the example of Tokyo. There isn't bike lane in Tokyo. Uh, there is a few, but I've lived there for four years. I've never seen one. So <laughs> for me, they don't exist. Uh, they are just, yeah, something from another world. Uh, in Tokyo, there's no bike lanes. I think, okay, maybe I've seen one once and it was on a really, really big hill. And so, of course, bikes are way slower and they have a dedicated bike lane. But I think it's the only time I've seen one. It's Thing surprising is, because of like the like the... Like, if you follow Blue Log on Instagram, you can see all of the commuter bikes they build and they all have like the little reflective triangle on the back and yeah. stuff. It seems like lots of people commute by bike there and like with, with kids and everything. And 
there's no yeah like you said there's no bike lane you just go on the left side of the cars on the street or something yeah i think it's like 20 percent of uh of people commute to work in tokyo by by bike it's so insane it, yeah it's a lot the thing is bikes and cars kind of lives together in a harmony like people really look for bikes and bikes are aware enough that you know they don't just crash randomly into cars but it is pretty common to see like an old lady biking on a main road uh, to say mm. you know because people just look for each other something that is definitely not happening in paris but yeah i feel like there is no bike lanes but there isn't a need for it especially because just people uh, respect each other and it's just simpler and driving in tokyo if you ride as a as a fixed gear rider or as a cyclist that likes to go a little bit faster than traffic it's kind of uh riding in uh, in old video games you know there is patterns and you need to learn those patterns and when you you've learned them you know where to go you know what's going to happen yeah and when i was in tokyo as well i noticed lots of people like a lot of lot of people cycling on the sidewalk like not fast or slow just cycling on the sidewalk yeah i wouldn't do that though <laughs> i mean but, not the way you write <laughs> no definitely not but there's so just so many people on the sidewalk you know yeah but it's one thing that struck me when when i went to japan and asia is like you know like sometimes you are so sidewalks are already pretty large but there's so many people right you just don't bump into people or into their umbrellas or whatever they hold because i don't know people are are just like take care of where they're going and that's something that is different uh i mean it's not only in tokyo there's other cities like that but it's the example I can give you, and I feel it's something different than other cities. At least when I was in Tokyo, I felt like everyone was just on their phone and they didn't see really around each other. At least like when I was walking there, they they wouldn't really pay attention to where they're walking and then like bump and stuff like that. Maybe they have like a sixth sense, you know? They just <laughs> <laughs> they only notice other Japanese people. <laughs> With <me>. ultrasound, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it, yeah, so it's really like a different mentality in the end, which plays a big difference. And for like in Tokyo, like you said, there's more of like a like a civic responsibility, like they to respect each other. And you know, I mean, of course, there's still there's still arguments and fights between Japanese Japanese people. It's not that they all love each other or something, but no. in general, in general, they. They care more about each other in ter in terms of like sharing the road and on the sidewalk and like pushing the chair back in after they stand up like shit like that <laughs> you know like 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 small small things that add up in the end. Yeah, we talked about it in the pre-show, but yeah, Tokyo is. I mean, Japan in general is pretty different, but it is not a perfect country. No, no, especially okay. I'm I'm not gonna go into it actually. Never mind. War crimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean I, 
I, I researched a lot about that, but war crimes and like sexism and you know shit like yeah. all of these different things, overworking and mental yeah. health. Holy shit! I just kept going. Okay, <laughs> let's take a bunch but, of women and mix them for like sex slave for the army. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, like Japan is is really cool to visit, but I would never in my life I would ever. I mean, okay, that's really big absolute to to say. Is that's from Star Wars? I think no absolutes, right? No, I don't know. This only a Sith deals in absolutes. And, <laughs> anyway, oh my god, that that's what that's the quote. But I don't watch Star Wars. I just saw a meme about that. But anyway, oh, you know, um, I'm not a weeboo. I just watch anime. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was gonna say I would never work in Japan, but like to fix that that sentence, I would never work in Japan for a Japanese company. That's oh it. yeah, me neither. I mean, I've. I've done my quite share of it and I'm done. I'm I'm good. I'm never doing yeah. that again. So if I ever work in Japan, it will be either for myself or for an international company where I don't have to go drinking with the boss or wait for the boss to be done at, at nine o'clock or work on Saturday. or like all this different shit. So yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to live in Japan. Maybe not Tokyo. I would like to live somewhere else besides Tokyo, but yeah, let's see. But yeah, either either Tokyo, Osaka, or Kyoto. I mean, the main city, main cities I went, or like Nagoya. I've never seen a bike lane, so no bike lane. But cycling is easy. Paris, full of bike lane. Cycling is hard. Yeah, guess where the problem is? The bikes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so Tokyo. It's a different type of cycling there. Even without bike lanes, it kind of works, right? And then, like, if you want to, if you if we want to, like, expand this further with like what cycling is like in other countries, at the top of the list, that would be the Netherlands and, and Denmark, most likely. Yeah. Then you can maybe you can maybe add some like other Scandinavian countries like Sweden or Finland or something. Yeah. And, but you also have to look at it this way: like the Netherlands and Denmark, these are tiny, tiny countries. They're both around forty. 42,000 square kilometers and that's like, tiny that, that is so tiny yeah it's tiny and like to put that into perspective for our american listeners the state of new york is a 141,000 square kilometers so it's over three times the size of the netherlands and new york isn't a particular isn't a particularly big state either by, no, by u.s standards small. so in these places like denmark and netherlands it makes way more sense way way more sense to commute by bike it's just more possible it's more feasible for most people right yeah like to just go to work with a bike but if you're living in most places of the, the u.s like outside of like let's just say new york and los angeles i'm, I'm just saying these random big cities that i know <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you're living like in somewhere else where you have to drive for half an hour you're driving for half an hour you cannot do that by bike every morning or every night or or both rather without like like being safe or having without sweating, etc. It just makes more sense to be in a car in the US. It's such a big landmass. It's such a car centric culture as well that you cannot really just say, why doesn't the US just do this like the Netherlands or like, you know? Yeah. You cannot, you cannot just copy and paste like that. But yeah, so at the top of the list in terms of bike infrastructure would be Denmark and the Netherlands for sure. But yeah. Also because of them being flat and small. So on the topic of Denmark um, and then Copenhagen, so I, I've asked uh, Fixie Carl, 
You probably know him from his Instagram account. It will be linked in the show notes. But I've asked him how is it like to ride in Copenhagen. So what Carl wrote us was basically that he had that feel of being in kind of a matrix because everybody ride his bike, right? So people usually have an opinion on how you ride yours. So if you're a little bit out of the mold and you try to break out a little bit, for example, you're riding a fixed gear or whatever, then be prepared to people looking at you, basically, because you're different from everyone riding a city bike. I, I would even like, I mean, understand his point as well. And I could, you could even compare it to or apply it to what you were saying about Paris with the bike lane, right? Because like he said, like in the end, bike lanes and bike infrastructure is just so that people can go from point A to point B safely and easily. And if you want to do something that goes more than that, you know, yeah, then you're, you're, you're just going beyond what they were meant to do. So like, if you want to go fast or like do tricks or something on the bike lane, and then it's not supposed to be for that. And then people, of course, who are just trying to go to work safely and go home safely as well, they will, tr they will not be happy about that either. Yeah. But yeah, of course, I mean, it, it is like the matrix in the end where people will try to, to, they will not like prevent you from doing it by like fucking you up or anything, but it's just like the whole like mentality as well then, of course, right? Yeah. And, oh yeah, actually, man, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know much, many details about it, but someone in the Discord posted a story from Fixie Carl. I think like two days ago, he had an incident that resulted in his one-of-one one Eddie Merckx being uh, cracked or something. Yeah, I think it's only the, the fork, but yeah, it's a pretty sad story though. Yeah. And it was a really nice bike. Yeah, hope you hope everything goes well. I yeah. hope you're okay. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that was I was gonna say yeah, he's, I think he's okay. So it's just the bike. Yeah, but still. So after I saw the story of like the Eddie Mergs and the Ford completely bent, I was I asked him like, "Are you okay? Is, is everything all right?" And he was like, "Yeah, no problem, just bruises." Um, and he told me afterward that. One of his worst fear was to get like an expensive track bike and just crashing it and destroying it along the way. And I was like, yeah, that that is just one more outcome of riding in the city. Sometimes shit happen and you just don't have control over it. Yeah. That's also kind of what we talked about last week with the uh, ride, ride a collector's bike or, or just keep it at home or something right yeah i mean yeah and even with all the bike infrastructure in the world you could have whatever something can still always happen i mean on, on any bike like there's only so much that the city can provide before it's only up to you to cycle or to use it properly or whatever well, maybe if you just ride an aventon it might just like burst into flames out of nowhere i don't know <laughs> uh <laughs> uh yeah so that's a that's like a testimony from from fixie carl on cycling in copenhagen and so netherlands and denmark like we said those are like the top of the list in terms of bike infrastructure and, and being bike friendly and stuff but then another city that's very very bike friendly is portland so portland oregon in the u.s and this i think is 
like even the most bike-friendly city in the U.S. And as of 2017, around 6.3% of Portland commutes by bike, which is, I think, by U.S. standards, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, like in Tokyo was 20%, but that's they also have a bigger, you know, like cycling culture, I would say, and, and like all this, all these other factors. So 6.3% in Portland in 2017, that's a big deal. Probably went up by by a bunch during COVID, where people picked up cycling wherever. Um, and Portland has around 400 miles of designated, so like, yeah, designated bike paths with another 100 miles funded for the future. And that's, I mean, I don't really know how to like visualize 400 miles. I don't really know how much that is or how big Portland is, but they list it, so it must be a significant amount. And yeah, Amy, we interviewed Amy, Amy Danger last week was it or two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago yeah, two weeks ago and yeah and she's in portland and yeah i think it makes sense then that there's like retrogression and everything seems like a really nice city to cycle to city to cycle in yeah it does one thing that i saw on portland is there is a highway that crossed the river from oregon to washington and there's a cycle pass in the middle of that highway so yeah, it's an interstate, two times four lanes, and you have a cycling pass in the middle. That is nuts, that insane. And you just have like really thin sheet of concrete to protect you from cars. Like it, it seems cool in like, if you think about it for a few seconds, you're like, whoa, bike lane in, in like between a highway. But then you think about like all the exhaust and, and, and the sound and like the heat and shit. And like, it doesn't sound that nice in the end. Yeah, but you are literally surrounded by cars going 100 plus K an hour. At no point you can feel safe, I feel. Yeah. So, so I, I don't I don't, I don't know I would... about that. I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> In South Korea they also had like um like a like a same the same thing basically, like a bike path or bike section between two highways. And it was covered with like solar panels or something. But then I was also thinking I wouldn't want to be stuck between that many cars or like, be, yeah, between that many cars for that long cycling. It, it just sounds like really bad for your lungs as well. Breathing yeah. all of the exhaust and everything. Absolutely. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, if there's no other way besides a car to get from Portland to Washington, besides a plane, then might as well try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can always try. So yeah, and, and then in this case, Portland is like the pinnacle of, of cycle bicycle infrastructure and bike-friendly cities in the U.S. And on the opposite end of the spectrum is... Anyone want to guess? Want to guess? Oh, we cannot hear you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, that. like L.A.? So L.A. is like up there as well. It's one, I think it's like the second worst even. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking about L.A. too. I actually asked uh, Johnny True Love on Instagram. He told me that the cityscape in LA is actually like really different from other cities. You can find yourself into like really rush hour traffic or on the cost line or even into single tracks. Uh, but yeah, the global answer is drivers in LA sucks and they don't like cyclists. But if you know the city, if you know the flow, if you know where you're going, LA can be a hell of a good time apparently but i would guess the worst is new york 
I think that's also kind of expected. Uh, New York City is such a dense city with so many people, and from what I've seen, so many cars. Like it's it's dense all over the place, just with cars, congested roads, and everything. And I think I think I saw somewhere ten point six percent of tra- traffic fatalities. So like ten point six percent of all traffic fatalities are cyclists in the U.S. in, in New York City. And that's insane. And that's a massive. So like, ten people die in a traffic accident fatality. Yeah, every one one out of them is a cyclist. That's if that sounds insane. That is ridiculous. That's insane. And but yeah, like I said, it makes sense from what I've seen with the cars and the amount of people that live there. But also from yeah, Terry Berenson again. We I mention him every episode. I think. <laughs> but, like his his videos are kind they're kind of also unfiltered view of cycling in New York at least the non hotline ones which are edited of course but like where he's just cycling through the city you can see there there's just so many roads uh, so many uh, cars everywhere parked being like people being doored uh, the bike paths are are covered with other trucks and yeah it's just crazy and it's a shame yeah. New York is definitely super hectic. I feel it's kind of the the jungle low, you know? You have to impose yeah. yourself as much as you can so people see you and you can cross or do something. But I feel like the bigger you are, the more you're inclined to have the priority uh, over something else, you know, or someone else. Yeah, yeah that's why... That's why, like, like a common tip for people cycling is that you should take the full lane. If you're if you're taking like the side of a lane and you want like a car to be able to go past you or something, you'll just get fucked up. Yeah, you'll just get fucked up between the cars parked on the right and the car passing on the left. And if you just take the full lane, you might get honked at, but no one's gonna. I mean, most people aren't gonna like fucking run into you or anything. It's just yeah. safer in the end. It's a shame because they're all of the cool bike stores in in New York as well. I, w- I would have thought that it's like cycling there is more like up to date, like more Portland Devil or something. But I guess it's difficult to overhaul the entire city if there's so much going on already. Yeah. Another super scary city far east this time is Seoul. So my friend Iho is Korean and he lives in Seoul. And I asked him like, Okay, can you tell me a little bit more about how it is riding there? Because I've been there. I've never been with my bike. But I have seen how it looks. And I was like, holy shit. Because every street is basically four lanes. Like major streets, right? Every street looked like a freaking highway. Okay. So I asked him, how is it to ride over there? And he told me, well, it's it has like a special status, like that city is special because there is nobody, there is basically nobody riding in Seoul. Either it is like fake pro roadies that aren't even a community over there apparently, and they're just trying to get PR along the riverside. But if you're riding in the city and there's like a good community of face gear cyclists though, he told me like, if you're riding in the in the city, like you need to look at least like 20 seconds in in the future. Always be on your guard, nonstop. He told me it's kind of a loophole, you know? Like 
Cars and pedestrians don't care about cyclists, so it is really dangerous to be a cyclist in Seoul. And so, because everybody knows it's dangerous, nobody will try to cycle and there will be no improvements. The government is not really trying to make any improvement because people in the government don't ride bikes, so they don't know how to make like bike infrastructures. So, you know, it's like, it is a difficult situation. Seoul is really, really like, I've been there, I took a taxi and I thought to myself, man, that is scary. I'm not sure I want to come here with my bike. Yeah. But yeah, the, that's Seoul. Yeah, that's that's a shame to hear as well. Like lots of nice nice bikes, like bike stores in, in Seoul. There's lots of nice, I've, I've seen like like bike trips, people bikepacking and stuff in, in Korea. And Seoul is like the like the heart of it all. And it's a shame that it seems so difficult to cycle there like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. He told me like the cycling community over there, it's so divide. Because on one side there is like those fake pro roadies just going along that river and basically doing PRs but always on the same roads. And people that try to cycle in the city and it is an actual real challenge yeah would have expected more as well it's, it's really sad to hear i want i really wanted to go wanted to go to seoul as well i mean i'm still gonna go eventually but yeah but yeah it's like there's some cities like that who riding is just hectic and if like you have to be willing to to take the risk you know yeah because there is just no infrastructures and the only no. bike lanes there is are along a river for you to just not it's not even commute it's just like you know having a bike ride along the river yeah like i have like a friend that did an exchange to south korea and she cycled i think across the entire well more or less across the entire country with a bike like a, like a normal bike and it looked really fun as well but i mean i know we're talking about seoul but i think perhaps cycling in other parts of the country is more in line with like Tokyo where people just like let you cycle. They're not going to fuck you up or anything. Yeah. Seoul is hectic though. <laughs> Why? What? They were way ahead of us uh, before we had like Uber Eats and all that stuff. Like basically every restaurant has a, del a delivery service and they're all doing it on scooters. Uh, I mean, small motorcycles, if it makes more sense. For our US okay. listeners. <laughs> but and they are everywhere, you know? They everywhere and they're going so fast and they're going into super narrow streets and super steep streets because like even walking in Seoul is a challenge, you know? Because everything is so steep. Uh so yeah, it's like you just turn around the corner and like, oh, San Francisco again, you know? Damn, I want to go Seoul. <laughs> Seoul, Seoul is something. It's, a, it's also a beautiful city with a lot of culture. And the food is great, I, I've heard. Yeah, the food is great and in big quantities. <laughs> Fun fact, actually, one time I go for a job in Seoul and we finished the job and the client wanted to take me to dinner. So I'm like, yeah, of course, why not? And we go to that place and he told me they only serve one thing and it's chicken with rice. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good to me. So he ordered one 
for each, right? The woman arrived, the waitress arrived with like the actual chicken. And it was one complete chicken per person filled with rice in a soup. It was like enough to feed my entire family. And I was like, holy shit, that is way too much. Was it good? Yeah, it was good, but it's one full chicken. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Damn, did you have Korean barbecue there? Yeah. Of course. Of course. That's how you get past immigration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I also heard, I, mean, I don't know, I mean, let's just continue with this, but I also heard that Seoul, like Korea, like Korea, South Korea itself is pretty cheap for like food and, and housing and all of that. And South Korea is also, is more expensive than the other parts of the country, but cheaper than like Tokyo or Paris. I mean, 100% cheaper than Paris, but just generally yeah. it's, it's pretty cheap for an East Asian country. And I really want to, really want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I'm just like thinking now, oh, it's been so long since I've traveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we have two more um, replies to your uh, questions on Instagram, right? About cycling in different parts yeah. of the world. Iho Instagram link will be also in the show notes if you want to check his account. He's taking amazing pictures and he is on a bike tour in the entire, like in all of Korea. And yeah, uh, on the fixed gear. Uh, I think he's riding a, a squid. So yeah, definitely check him out. Uh, great guy yeah so yeah i got another answer from broken bike club so link will also be in the show notes uh they are located in moscow and they said traffic in moscow feels like a wild river so many cars taxis and rentals by the way it is not a big deal if you stay focused the most aggressive are rented cars and taxi drivers. Sometimes they drive feels like you are a most rented racer. Despite this, ride in this traffic comfortably. Most streets are wide enough. And yeah, streets are really wide. And I don't know if you've seen the, the hotline while Terry was in Russia. Yeah. But yeah, roads are so wide. It's like so, so big. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like also like four, five lanes or something, right? Yeah. I think it's wider and less cars, so and it's somewhat easier, you know, than Seoul for say. Yeah, yeah. I think it also really depends on, on the drivers as well. Like I, I I don't I don't remember the drivers from the hotline video, but I can I can assume that with wide roads like that that they make the biggest difference. But also, yeah, like he said, staying focused. Like if you're cycling on 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 roads like that, you just have to. You cannot. You cannot be. You cannot like afford to think about something else. Yeah, and I feel like also traffic in Russia is it's just faster. You know, it's going way faster than in Europe, for example. Yeah, could be. But yeah, I mean, Russia has such a huge, huge culture in terms of of here. I'd be. I'd l I'd love to go there. Uh, yeah, do you have do you know lots of people there? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, I I'd, I'd love to go there. Yeah, will also be cool to see. 
And then we got one more reply, right? And yeah, we got one more reply from at Zulfikar underscore S. Uh, and his take on Indonesia in general. So basically, uh, Indonesia had a big cycling boom uh, two years ago. And the only effect it had was to increase the bike, the price of bike parts. So he said they almost double in price. That's pretty crazy. And yeah. so he say, instead of making the city cyclist friendly, they created weird cyclist infrastructures like unsafe bike lane that took the pedestrian or vehicle spot and that create a lot of discords between uh, cyclists and other vehicle users and even pedestrians. So because they, they take one spot, they take like the road or part of the road or part of the sidewalk and, and put that for bikes. So then both people, both pedestrians and the cars hate the cyclists. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. uh, there's also a story of money laundry and car government and... Yeah. Yeah, but he said, uh, in the end, most of cyclists just ride with their own skill and learn their surrounding. So commuters and faulting bikes, uh, they stay on the bike lanes. Uh, roadie that have a little bit more speed. Uh, they are they usually ride in peloton, not alone in the middle of the street. And yeah, fixed gear they just shred around the traffic. He said, so <laughs> always yeah. fixed gear just going like a little snake. And Everywhere. I think that's also kind of shown in in because Terry has a <laughs> Terry again has a hotline in Jakarta, and yeah, you can really see that, especially in Jakarta. I mean Indonesia in, in, as a whole, but especially in Jakarta, there's also like so many, so many scooters everywhere, for everything. Like like in in Paris, you have for example, or in most of the world, you have Uber or or Lyft or whatever. And then you go in someone's car and he drives you around. But in Jakarta, they have that. It's called Gojek. It's for, it's with one guy with a scooter. He picks you up, and then you go in the back, and he just goes, brings you wherever you're going. It's just much more, yeah, like efficient in in Jakarta to have a scooter because you can go pa between all the cars, and there's always traffic jam there. So if you have a if you have a bike and you're and you're able to go between cars and stuff, you'll most likely be faster than the car in the end, just because there's always traffic jam. Yeah. There is a lot of regions around the world that I wanted to have a, a take on, but I couldn't. But I'd love to know how is it in South Africa, for example. Uh, I want to know more about Australia. So, yeah, if you are from any part of the world we didn't describe today and you want to reach out to the show, you can do so. Uh, there will be an email uh, in the show notes and at the end of the show, so you can... You can definitely reach out and explain us how it is to to ride uh, where you live. Yeah, and to kind of round it all off, like we said multiple times, that perfect bike infrastructure is not going to solve all problems, right? And although many of you probably are very skilled riders, maybe like like the people that Terry features in his videos, it's also likely that the majority of us who cycle, we're we're just like cycling on fixed gear bikes and just want to ride around safely. I mean, it, it can be both as well. Like some people, they like riding between cars and while others just like riding. And 
bike infrastructure isn't going to fix everything, but at the same time, it's going to benefit most people. All right, guys, you get it now. No city is perfect. Just take care of yourself out there and try to not crash in every car you see. But this is pretty much all we have time for today. Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slowspeedinsociety.com. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or by sending us an email at this address, slowspeedpodcast at gmail.com. And on our personal Instagram accounts, I go by at underscore Paul underscore you and Fabian at fab.ism. Sharing the podcast with your friend is the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting value back in by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast to join the community. We're pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 12 patrons, bringing us up closer to our monthly goal and more privileges for every tiers. Thank you so much for all your support. The music for the show is Loveless Wonder by Amaria, and the illustration is by at Julia Joe on Instagram. Ooh, it was a packed episode. Yeah, it was a. There's a lot to talk about while there is bike infrastructures and progress that can be made around the world for cycling. Yes, and I'd, we'd, we'd love to hear what you guys' thought is, thoughts are on this as well. So make sure to share it with us on Discord, Instagram, or uh, via the email. Yeah, absolutely. Send us an email. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.